Welcome to the Wilson and Lailing podcast. Today, Dr. Wilson will be sharing the Word of God. Let's all get ready to receive. You know, at times in our lives, in our ministry, we can feel so badly buffeted by the storms that goes around in our lives and in our churches. And I guess as leaders, we, we may at times feel crushed by these unrelenting pressures. Uh, your faith may feel like it had been squashed by the different disappointments that happens around us. And perhaps this COVID pandemic might just be that last straw that breaks our back in some way. So you may end up feeling like a balloon that's been deflated, all the air has been left out. So what can you do? Well, I want to encourage you to the fact that leaders will rebound with God. And I want us to look at the book of Exodus chapter 5. And we're going to look from verse 22 to chapter 6, verse 6. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, please turn there and we're going to refer to it uh, every so often. Now, just to help you understand, in Exodus in chapter 5, Moses, he had finally gone out to confront Pharaoh. And he was, because he was so inspired by God's commands and uh, encouragement, he went out with much faith. But what happened was that his wind was just knocked out of him and he, he left that place with his tail between his legs. You see, Moses' faith took a real battering in the hands of Pharaoh. Moses was faced with failure. He was faced with the possibility of rejection and revolt from the Israelites. So he was going, what was happening? What is happening? This is, this is just not the way he expected things to go at all. You know, sometimes we face disappointments in our lives, in our ministry. And things just do not turn out the way that we expected. And when that happens, remember Moses. You see, he too, he faced a very difficult situation. And his disappointment was multiplied a million times because it affected that many people. Wow. And as leaders, we should not remain deflected. We need to and we must rebound in God. We must lead our churches forward, even in such difficult times. What can we do when our faith is being crushed under the weight of such disappointments and challenges? How do we rebound in our faith and leadership? I want to recommend to us four key things as we look into this passage of Scripture. The first key is this, return. Return to reconnect with God. When you look at chapter 5 in verse 22 to 23, it says here, Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why? Why have you brought this trouble upon these people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon these people. And you have not rescued your people at all. Now what did Moses do? When Moses was confused, he was perplexed by what happened, he went straight back to God. And that is the key. The key step to rebound in our faith is really to return and, and reconnect to God. 
You know, sometimes when, when some leaders, when they're faced with big disappointments, they, they just throw up their hands in the air and they give up on God. This reflects the shallowness of their relationship with God and perhaps also their immaturity. Now think about this. Many of you or all of us, we have mobile phones, smartphones, and all of it has rechargeable batteries. And we know that after using it for some time, the battery runs down. It, it needs to be recharged. The batteries need to be reconnected to a power source. The same way, our spiritual energies, uh, it feels like it is, is drained. Our faith level drained when we are faced with much challenges or disappointments. So it needs to be recharged. We need to return to reconnect with God. So we need to get down on our knees and begin to cry out to God in, in such times. Sometimes that might actually feel like one of the hardest things to do, especially if perhaps in some way you're blaming God. Throughout the Bible, we find godly leaders. They, they reconnect with God after those seasons of disappointments. And for example, in Ziklag, David and his men, they, they lost everything, uh, their families, their possessions, to the Amalekites who, who came and stole all of this and took them away while David's men were, were away. So in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it, it describes for us how the people felt. And it said here, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Wow! Each one was beaten in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. So how did David overcome his despair? Well, he connected with God. You see, unless we return to reconnect, we do not allow God to help us through or help us work through the disappointments that we are confronted with. When we reconnect with God, God will bring us through those tough seasons and we will come out stronger. Can somebody say amen? And also note this, you know, Moses, he spoke honestly with God about his disappointment. It was an honest heart to heart with God. He was going to God and saying, why? Why? Have you ever felt that? I have. Moses said, why? And so Moses, he had valid questions and issues to raise with God. You see, disappointments can be harsh. Stripping away, strips away at our dreams. And, and we may be disappointed because what we wanted does not turn out. Or because we were humiliated, perhaps our ego was bruised, Yet, the key is this, we can embrace disappointment as our friend. Think about that for a moment. You see, disappointments can force us to evaluate what is truly important to us. When, when we have plenty, it's, it's easy to get caught up with the peripherals, the things that, that we have so much to enjoy over. And these peripherals may begin to replace the fundamental things in our lives. Let me tell you a story. Pete and Jerry, they planted 
the New Life Fellowship in Queens, New York in 1987. Now, Pete, he gave his all to lead this pioneering church. For three, the first three years, the church grew by a hundred additional people every year. Wow, that was really exciting. And so the church continued to grow until one day in 1995, Pete went home and his wife gave him an ultimatum. And this is basically what she said to him. She said, I quit because your leadership sucks. You are not dealing with the problems in the church. It has been too stressful and you have no time. You have no time for me. You have no time for the children. They had four kids. And that crisis, it totally turned his life upside down. But it changed his life because he began to realize that he had some really fundamental spiritual immaturity, some emotional uh, immaturity in his life. And so God took him and his wife on a journey where they began to revamp and, and adjust their whole understanding of what spirituality really meant. And it led to a whole new way, a whole new way of discipleship. It transformed his church into a far more healthy and a thriving church today. Pete Scazzero, he wrote one of the best-selling books called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I would recommend you go and read that book. You know, often we are disappointed. We're disappointed over issues which actually may not be the main issues. And it is really well we wrestle. We, we wrestle through with these issues with God. That, that really helps us to come out leaner and trim down, perhaps maybe even more godly, perhaps even holier. Moses, he came out wiser and more assured of God's purposes. So let's return to reconnect with God. Now let me share the second key. The second key is this, we need to realign to God's perspective. When we look at chapter 6 in verse 1, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to the Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. So, you know, at this point, God began to reveal his perspective on the whole matter. You see, to Moses, it was a disaster. To God, everything was going, everything was proceeding as he expected. Why? You see, Moses, he had not fully understood what was going to happen. God actually told Moses previously about the fact that Pharaoh will not let the people go easily. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 19 to 20, this is what God said, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. In other words, there's going to be a battle of wills between God and Pharaoh. It was going to be tough. And eventually, Pharaoh will have no choice but to let the Israelites go. You see, things were going to get worse before it gets better. And that's what we need to understand. And so finally, Moses understood and he began to realign his perspective with God's. You see, 
When we are struggling with disappointments, perhaps it is time that we realign our compass with God. You know, many years ago, when we had a major crisis in our movement with our founder, it, it really threw me. I, I, I was so disappointed. I was thinking to myself, are our ideals a lost cause? Is it worth for me to keep pressing on? All these things went through my heart and my mind. It was, it was not a good time. I had to go on a journey, a journey of seeking God, a journey of coming before God. And eventually, God assured me deep in my heart that His calling for us as a movement has not changed. Man can fail, but God never fails. Can somebody say amen? God is always faithful. And so in our limited perspective, we, we, it's, and it's always based on our observations over just a limited period of time. But God, God observes and knows everything from the beginning to the end. Wow, throughout eternity. Can somebody say amen? And so God knows. He has the true perspective. Let me illustrate this with a story. Once upon a time, very long time ago, there was a poor old farmer and, and he had his, his wife and a young son. And he was so poor that the farmer could not afford a horse or a bull, an animal, to pull the plow, to plow the land. And so his young son had to pull the yoke, to uh, put on the yoke and pull the plow. It was, it was tough going. And so one night, this old farmer, his old wife, and the young son, they, they sat down together and had dinner. And the old farmer cried out to God, and he said, Oh God, Lord, you know, life is so tough. Please help us. Find us, Lord, give us an animal that can pull the plow and make life easier for us. But the next day, they were up again, and the young son again was plowing the land. And suddenly they, they heard a noise in the valley in which they lived in, the village where they were in. And came a whole large crowd of horsemen. And these horsemen rode through the valley, into the valley, and, and they came up to this old farmer's house. And they stopped, and they asked the old farmer, Old farmer, we are lost in this valley. We, we need to find a way out of this valley so that we can go on our way. And the old farmer said, well, I can help you. My young son knows the way. And so he could show you the way. And the man with all these horses, they were so grateful. They said to the old farmer, thank you so much. We're so grateful. And what we'd like to do is we'd like to give you one of our horses. That night at dinner time, the old farmer, his old wife, and the young son, as they were sitting down for dinner, the old farmer began to pray. And he said, oh God, thank you so much for answering my prayers. You've given us a horse. Oh, it's going to help us so much. Amen. The next morning, the farmer, the old farmer and the young son went out there. And the old farmer said to the young son, Son, this horse is still a wild horse. We're going to have to tame this horse. So you have to tame this horse. And so the old farmer uh, put this young son on the horse to tame the horse. But this horse was so wild, it threw the young son off and the son broke his leg. That night, the old poor farmer, his old wife, and the young son with a broken leg was sitting there at the table for dinner. And the old farmer prayed and he cried to God, God, why? Why? Why did you do this to me? 
you, I asked for an animal to help us and all you've given us an animal to break my son's legs. And now nobody can put on the yoke to pull the plow. The next morning came about and there was a huge ruckus throughout the valley where the town was. And what had happened is a gang of robbers came through the whole village and they began to plunder from house to house. And not only did they plunder the goods, they would look for young, strong men and they would kidnap them because they're going to force them to join the gang of robbers. And so the gang came to this old farmer's house and again, they went into the house and they demanded, where are the young men in your, your house? And the old farmer said, all I have is my son, but his leg is broken. And they looked at his son and his broken legs and they said, useless. And they left the, the old farmer and the young son. And they went on the way and finally they, this gang of thieves left the valley. That night, the old poor farmer, the old wife, and the young son with the broken leg were sitting down again at the table. And the old farmer prayed this prayer. He said, oh God, now I understand why you gave us this wild horse to break my son's leg. You have saved his life. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes we don't understand when we're going through the, the midst of the storm. We don't understand why, but God does. And God looks after us. He understands what He is trying to do. We got to learn the lessons and trust God through that journey. You see, when we realign to God's perspective, we will not end up being discouraged and disappointed with God. Instead, we may be encouraged and even inspired. So let's realign in order that we may rebound with God. Can somebody say amen? Now I want to share with you the third key. And that is we need to remember who God is. When you look at verse 2 to verse 4, it says here, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I had also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they live as aliens. So what was God doing? Well, God reminded Moses of who he really is. You know, one of the reasons sometimes we, we just feel so overwhelmed, we may feel so discouraged, is because we may actually have forgotten who God is. Think about that. You see, we may know in our heads, but we may have forgotten in our hearts. We may have knowledge intellectually, but perhaps we have muddied our convictions about who God is. So the important question is this, who is God to you right now? Think about that. You see, if, if we consider God to be weak, then you're not going to be comforted when, by God's promise that He gives to you. If you consider God as unreliable, then you're not going to trust Him very much. If you consider God to be indifferent to your situation, you will not expect much support from God. On the other hand, if we remember that He is the Lord Almighty, the one who carved the path through the Red Sea for the Israelites, then we are confident of God's deliverance. 
If we remember that God is the provider, He is the one that provided manna from heaven to feed the Israelites in the desert, then we will look to Him for His provision. If we remember that God is a loving God who sacrificed Jesus on the cross to save us, then we will rest assured in His destiny for our lives. So what do we remember of God in our hearts? Ponder this for just a moment. And when we look at this scripture, we see that Moses, he knew God as El Shaddai, the all-powerful God who had provided for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who blessed and prospered even miraculously, God who is absolutely faithful. We must remember the God of the Bible, who is faithful, who is unchanging yesterday, today, and forever. Wow. God he also reminded Moses that he revealed his name, Jehovah, at the burning bush. You see, Moses experienced something of God that the patriots did not. That's something unique in the experience of Moses that he had of God. You see, sometimes we, we can just know God intellectually. And that is important to lay a foundation for us to know God intimately but it is the experiential knowledge of god that actually builds that intimacy with god we see what we have experienced it really helps to deepen our convictions in a much greater way with god so we need to remember those things you know about 20 years ago i i felt really sick i, I had a raging fever that, that just would not come down so I had to go to the hospital. And when the doctor x-rayed my lungs, he said that this was the worst case of pneumonia he had ever seen during his, his work. And so I was in, in the hospital bed. They, they were pumping uh, antibiotics into my vein. But it wasn't working. My fever wasn't coming down. And it took them a little while before they finally worked out that I had Legionnaire's disease. And during that time, one, one of the doctors, medical doctors from my, my church, visited me. And this young doctor told me, he said, you know, when people get legionnaire disease, about one in 10 don't survive. And I was like, yeah, thank you very much. Very uh, encouraging. But <clears throat> through it all, I was constantly reminded of God's faithfulness, that God's purposes with me was not yet finished. So I, I was not troubled too badly about this whole situation. I just trusted God. I said, God, you're going to pull me through this thing. The fact I'm standing here shows God's promise is true. God has been faithful. So we need to remember who God is once again. Remember what you know of God. Remember what you have already experienced of God. Let this stir your faith so that you may rebound once more unto God. Can we say amen? Now, the fourth thing and last thing I want to share with you is this. We need to rebuild our convictions in God's promises. In verse 6, it says, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts. Of judgment. So God reaffirmed His promises to them. 
God helped Moses revisit God's promise of deliverance, that He will prove He is with them, that He will bring them out and go into the promised land. Now think about this. Why did God recall those promises to Moses? Well, it was to rebuild his conviction in God, who is faithful to his promises. God has sworn an oath uh, by his own sacred name that he will do what he has promised. You see, to rebound, we must rebuild our convictions in God. The Bible says in, in the book of Hebrew, chapter 10, verse 35, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. If we keep our confidence in God, we will see the rewards of that continuing confidence, that continuing conviction in God. So it is crucial for us to remember all those promises, the key promises that God has given us, whether it's through Scripture, whether through the Holy Spirit, whether through prophetic words that's given to us. Always write down. Write down those prophetic words and visions that God had given us. Then we can remind ourselves. We can remind ourselves clearly when we need it. You know, as a church in Brisbane, we have gone through our highs and lows. We have had our challenging times. We have sent out people, for example, to pioneer churches over the many, many years. And Quite a number did not succeed. Some even closed down later on. Some had chosen to go their own way. It can be so discouraging in all those times. And often it's those times I had to come back to God and let God remind me and remind myself even about God's promises to us. The prophetic words that were written, that were given to us and written down, the promises of God for our church so that it may encourage my heart once again. That helped me so often in so many things. So why is it so important to rebuild our convictions? Why is it so important? Well, let me share with you another story. Many years ago, a couple of centuries back now, in the US, there was this traveler that was traveling through winter and he reached the banks of the Mississippi River. Mississippi River is a huge river. It's it can be uh, many, many hundreds of meters apart from one bank to another. And there was no bridge where he came across. And it was still in the early part of winter. And the surface of that mighty river was covered with ice. And so he was thinking in his mind, is this ice safe? Can, can I cross over? Dare I cross over? Will, will this ice collapse under my weight, and if I fall into the, the freezing waters, I might not survive. So with all that going through his mind, and, and the, the, the sun was setting, and it was urgent that he reached the other side. And so finally, he decided he was, he was going to try to cross. But because he was so cautious and afraid about it, he, he, he stepped over carefully. And then finally he bent down on his knees and he began to crawl across slowly because he was just testing the ice, making sure it's not going to break under his weight. So carefully he, he went slowly and finally after much time he was about halfway. And as he was halfway, suddenly he heard a loud sing behind him. Some guy was singing at the top of his voice. 
And then suddenly he turned back and he saw this man. He was riding on a huge carriage with, with multiple horses. And in the carriage was a big load of coal. And this man was singing atop his voice and, and, and moving the horses. And they just rolled over this whole ice river with the big load and just went on. And the man was like, you know, sometimes in our lives, we may be so unsure in our convictions about the things of God, about the calling of God, about the purposes of God. But there are others who, are, who have great depth of confidence and conviction in the things of God. And they are the ones that are able to just run across and run forward with, with big loads and do mighty exploits in God. If we lack conviction and confidence, we will always be crawling across that frozen river. Which conviction would we prefer to have? Is our conviction built deeply upon God's unwavering promises? Just like that driver of that horse-drawn carriage, trusting God, or are we one of those that's just crawling slowly across the ice because our confidence is weak? Let's rebuild our confidence in God. Let's rebound by the grace of God. So let me say this. No matter what may have crushed your heart, you were meant to rebound. You can rebound. You will and you do rebound. You see, as leaders, you must rebound in God. And it is God's heart. He wants you to rebound. Because when you rebound, you are able to lead your church further into the purposes of God. And to do so, we must return and reconnect with God. We must realign with God's perspective. Begin to see things from God's viewpoint. And of course, we must remember who God is. Remember His promises to us. And so that we can rebuild our convictions in God deeper and stronger in God. And when you do so, we can rise up. We can rise up to begin to push forward with God. We can rise up to lead our churches through these challenging times. We can rise up to trust God for greater things. We can rise up to see the hand of God move in the midst of our challenging situations. Let's look to the Lord because we can rebound in God. Can we say amen? Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you so much for this wonderful example through Moses' life. That we can see, Lord, how even though Moses was crushed with so much disappointment, yet by the grace of God, you help him rebound. You help him to come back to you. You help him, O oh God, to begin to realign his perspective. You help him to remember who you truly are and you help him rebuild his convictions in you. And as a result of that, Moses was able to carry out all that you required of him and the people were set free. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, for different leaders, for different pastors, those that might be struggling with some disappointments, those that might be struggling with the pressures, those that might be struggling with the burden of the situations around them, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name. Let your Holy Spirit come. Let your Holy Spirit, Lord, begin to touch and minister to different ones right now. Lord, to every person who's listening right now, 
come by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and begin to touch and minister. Begin to lift our hearts. Begin to lift our faith. Begin to cause us to rebound and to rise up in you, O God. Father, I pray, Lord, touch each one, Lord. Lord, help us to be strong in you. Help us to understand and get a better perspective of what you are seeking to do in the midst of the situations that we are in. Father, Lord, I therefore commit each and every one of us unto you right now. And I pray, Lord, that you will do a deeper work, a greater work in each one and through our churches. Lord, I pray as I commit all of us to you, Lord, that we be a people that rise up as we rebound in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. May God bless every one of you. Let's continue to rebound. Let's continue to rise up in God. Amen. We trust you've been blessed by the word today. Do visit www.wilsonlyling.com for more messages and teachings. For the latest news and updates, follow Facebook and Instagram, wilson.lyling.